Well, hi there. Welcome to episode 233 of Rook. Centuries before Ayatollahs tried to redefine the nation, Iran was a preeminent scientific civilization. I'm Gian Gomeshi. Hello to you from Toronto. Salam Dustan Aziz. Durud Bashamah. Centuries before Ayatollahs tried to redefine the nation, Iran was a preeminent scientific civilization. Bear with me if this is too obvious. But maybe it's worth reminding ourselves sometimes that changing Iran is not only about a new, free, and democratic place that the future will provide, but about returning to what Iran once represented to the world and the sources of our historic pride. You see, as many Iranians might tell you, long, long before mullahs and the coming of Islam, Iran was a notable place. And it turns out it was a rather progressive, creative, and inventive space. Not that there's anything wrong with religion. In principle, this isn't an anti-theist screed. Only just a tiny reminder that we're not all born from a Khomeiniist breed. Centuries before Ayatollahs tried to redefine the nation, Iran was a preeminent scientific civilization. Next time someone sympathetic says we need to drag Iran into the present day, thank them but inform them that there was once a different dynamic at play. In fact, many of the world's most significant contributions that define our reality in this moment came from Iran, long before Friday prayers, Basij bullies, and the morality police. How about a quick recap of, say, 10 discoveries of Iranian history? Why not start with the yakchal? That's right, next time you open your fridge to pull out some well-preserved kebab, remember that it was first invented by Persians in the 400 BC. And don't forget both algebra and the alphabet, minor little discoveries that have helped organize life on this planet. For a while, it was Iranians that ran it. How about the guitar? We might all revere Pink Floyd, but David Gilmour would have no axe to play if Iranians hadn't invented the lute back in the day. And of course, there is sulfuric acid, forming the basis for chemical engineering in the modern field of chemistry, and water supply systems that would lead to the irrigation of crops and drinking water. Seems kind of essential. High five to the pre-Islam Iranians for whom we ought to be reverential. For those inclined to challenges of the mind, add chess and backgammon to the list. And for those who grew up watching cartoons of every variation, thank the Bronze Age in Persia for the invention of animation. And if that isn't enough, how about the Postal Service and the first forms of a system of taxation? You see, when it came to sage new discoveries in ancient Iran, there was no time for relaxation. And that's 10 already, just to get us off to a start. But how about one more, to make it 11, and this one's from the heart. It seems that the country that is now in a battle against a murderous theocratic regime engaging in desperate freedom fights is the same place that many centuries ago spawned the very concept of human rights. You see where I'm going with this is that the current revolution is not just a futuristic yen, but with apologies, a little bit make Iran great again. Let's call it MIGA. Because the case for our ancestors is not something to forget. We may be able to rehabilitate our own history just yet. Without ignoring the negatives or engaging in misplaced revision, let's recognize that Iran really had a key role in progress with precision. Centuries before Ayatollahs tried to redefine the nation, Iran was a preeminent scientific civilization. Here's to a country rising again and being free. Here's to Zan Zendegi Azadi. Coming up, a big new edition of Rook featuring guitar maestro, composer, and musician Bob Akamini, soprano opera singer Golruch Aminion, and our Rook Roundtable. This is Rook, episode 233, Centuries Before Ayatollahs. Iran was a preeminent scientific civilization.
It's January 26, 2023. This is Rook. Big Thursday show. Yes. It's so funny. It's funny for me doing that opening essay because I'm the guy who sometimes I don't want to say I hate, but I I <laughs> I, I sometimes take issue with yes. people who are saying uh, keep recalling 2,500 mm-hmm. years ago as a reason to be happy to, about being Iranian today. It's like, come on, you know, that's it's a little bit of a stretch yes. going that far back, but. You got my point. Uh, my point is that I feel like there's two things happening right now. There's the there's there's looking to a new, um, hopefully, uh, democratic Iran that's freer than anything we've seen in the past, but also resuscitating, recalling, rehabilitating a a glory from the past that for many reasons is legitimate that Iranians should feel proud of these discoveries and things like that. We're not just a as Jangal Nayamadim. Miga. Not that there's anything wrong with Jangals. I know, Miga. <laughs> that part. <laughs> yeah. uh, make Iran great again. Yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, actually I enjoyed it. Sometimes we need those mm-hmm. kind of cheering up, you know. Yes, we are Iranian. Let's proud of. Yeah, we come from Iranian. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why do we have to? And if we're gonna go, I mean, some uh, you know people cite Reza Shah or mm-hmm. you know the Safavid dynasty or whatever. I mean, yeah. you know, where, what's the statute of limitations on how far <laughs> back you can go? Why not go back to our ancestors and go the fucking postal service, man? That was <laughs> us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but more so, uh, we it's again, it's just the the global image. Mm-hmm. The public image of so much of Iran in the last few decades has been, you know, I even hate to say, Ayatollah Khomeini's face, mm-hmm. basically. Yes. Yes. That's the image. Yes. And women in, um, not even chardors, like burqas no, or something. misrepresentation you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. in all its forms, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. In most of its yeah, forms. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, there <laughs> has been an Islamic republic led by yeah. the Ayatollahs. Um, very, very excited about today's show because two, or both of our guests are in the Rook studio yes. coming up. Uh, one, uh, the first one, uh, of course, the um, the fabulous, uh, incredibly talented Babak Amini, mm. who is um, the guitar virtuoso and our, our friend, he's been on the show a couple of times, but who really has been spending recent months um, quite politically active. Now, I, I presume he's going to say, you know, these are things that he's always talked about. He mm-hmm. famously left Iran in exile in the year 2000, and he's certainly has been shy about his politics. But uh, but yeah, if you look at his social platforms these days, and it's, it's you know, all revolution all the time. And, and he was in Washington, D.C., speaking at a, a rally on the weekend. Yes. And, uh, and he has uh, very publicly... Um, Declared himself in support of Reza Pahlavi. So, uh, which I'm, I'm so I'm going to ask him about that. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, or how? Or you know, 
um, why he feels so comfortable doing so. Not that he necessarily shouldn't. He just <laughs> there's there's many people who are, you know, holding their cards closer to yeah. their chest. Uh, and he's a prominent figure who's uh, declared himself like this. Mm-hmm. And um, and what he thinks of the whole last week of the. Uh, endorsements and non-endorsements and the chatter in the Iranian community around leadership. Always an elegant guy, always a, always a, a, a very um, calm presence who has strong, a strong will, strong opinions. So it'll be good to have Baba Kamini uh, in the studio again here to talk about all of that. You know, he was telling me, I can't remember a couple of months ago, I got to bring this up, that he couldn't play guitar. Wow. He was feeling paralyzed. Yeah to play guitar because he was so upset about what's going on in Iran. He's, yeah. uh, and then Golroch Aminyan, uh, the, the, the opera singer, um, she has also been very outspoken. She recorded a couple of songs. She's done stuff with Shahid Najafi and mm-hmm. Arash Sobhani and Merhan Aminyan. And, um, and uh, she had this opera project that she, this big performance that, uh, she had worked on for a long time that uh, I went to. It was It was in mid-September. Yes. It was where she was taking great opera, uh, famous opera arias, translating them into Persian and weaving them into a, this big production, mm-hmm. uh, 12 big opera pieces in Persian, and it was a giant production and an orchestra. And, and, it, and, the, the, and the, the performance was right in the week when Masa Amini yeah. was killed. I think uh-huh. it was exactly a week after. Something Mas- like yes. that, because I remember... I remember going to it and kind of thinking, are, it, well, are we still going to this thing? Mm-hmm. Is it on? And and then she came out and devoted and 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 did a tribute to say this whole per- performance is is basically for the women of Iran and Massa Amini and um, Golroch is very strong with her her opinions and thoughts and and you know another person who couldn't make it as a uh, with a singing career in Iran because of the way women mm-hmm. are treated and not not allowed to be. Uh, um, the prime vocalists, I guess. Uh, so, so she had to leave Iran, and and so she'll be here in the Rook Studio as well. I'm looking forward to both of them. There. Um, hello, Pega. Hello. And hello, Shia. Hi, How are you doing? Great. How are you? You're great. Trying to be. Okay. I feel like today's all about optimism. So. It, well, it is. It is. It, and it that is? essay especially. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, that, after that essay, I feel like, well, who can know? Quarrel, he can Who can quarrel with inventing the yachchol? I mean, yeah, that, exactly. You know. I mean, who, Miga, that's it. I'm that's sticking right. to that. <laughs> um, let's get. Let's just slide right into a, our Rook Roundtable here without any fanfare. And um, uh, tell me what's been on your mind the last few days. Um, scrolling through, still doom scrolling, I have to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, that I feel like that's just been the last four months we're at now um but definitely a couple things that um were really interesting in the ca- past couple of days Reza Pahlavi had another interview um that has been making lots of uh waves on Persian Twitter the so Sky News one Sky yeah. News it was in English yep yeah, it was yeah. in English which I really appreciated uh-huh. <laughs> um Sky News is a British uh, news channel uh, or news program I guess and so no, it's a channel yeah, is Sky, it a channel yeah, yeah, okay um so he had an interview with them and um really discussed his stance, I guess you could say, and he was asked kind of point blank whether or not he would be um, making a run for any sort of office or anything like that. And so I think he really put that answer to rest. Um, to be fair to him, he has said that a, a number of times. Yeah. yeah. Nobody just, nobody Nobody's believes listened, <laughs> I feel like. I mean, the, the question <laughs> right. keeps pro- uh, coming right. up on right. Persian Twitter and Instagram, and we've seen this debate for the last 
week Probably now, because some of his more enthusiastic followers want him to want be, him the, to. Well, that's to the, be the leader. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And he's kind of saying, no, let me oversee a transition. That's right. Or I mean, yeah. I don't know if it was because an, it was an, the interview was in English. And so this really, you know, resonated with me or because of the stance that he took and how clearly he spoke. But, you know, he suggested that he would much prefer to be in an advisory role, which I thought that's a great way of putting it. And, you know, so different than what we've been seeing in social media yeah. from a lot of his followers. Um, so that was definitely something that... Some of his followers. I mean, yeah. I think, I think to be fair, there, there's, there's a lot of people who, in fact, who were endorsing him over the last week saying, look, we just want, feel like he's an adult who can help the transition. You know, uh, I'm not necessarily voting him as, as the, the king. But, mm-hmm. uh, um, but yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, he doesn't, Reza Pahlavi doesn't have to do a lot of interviews these days because anyone that he does just gets blasted That's across right. social media. It becomes so, viral. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, uh, people are curious. I think this week especially because mm-hmm. of all the stuff that happened around the uh, the petition and That's the right. endorsements of, of him and not him and it has made... Um, I mean, the guy's been, you know, had the same position for 44 mm-hmm. years, but all of a sudden he's a hot commodity. You exactly. Know? All the news stations <laughs> want to talk to him. Um, there was one more thing as part of the interview that I wanted to bring up. Um, the, I can't believe, I, I can't remember what the um, reporter's name is, but um, he asks, what would you suggest or what can we, what can we say the West should be doing more of? And his answer was something that, that I really enjoyed and the way that he formulated that answer. He was mentioning that, um, you know, he's talked about concerns about access to communication for those in Iran, um, formation of a strikes fund to be able to finance and um, compensate some of the workers who have been or will be going on strike for prolonged periods of time. And also um, reaching out and using some of the assets that have been frozen and redirecting them, so mm. to speak, to the to the people of Iran. And I thought some of the things that he he pointed out were so well timed. Yes. And also he was mentioning that, you know, I think he said something along the lines of it's time for the West to catch up. And I thought it goes back to what we were saying on Monday about how the West, quote unquote, has always been kind of one step behind from what yeah. Iranians have been saying and so to there hear him still reiterate that progressive I suppose uh, people uh, or who identify as progressive at least advocating uh, who seemingly saying that they are um, advocating for Iran by saying no to sanctions mm-hmm. and I don't know very many Iranians who have that <laughs> position anymore uh, if they ever did so um, yeah that's how uh, playing catch up let me ask you a question do you think that um, do you think we're we're do you think it's unfair that we're putting so much emphasis on recounting uh, Reza Pahlavi interviews and we're not doing the same for some of the other folks? I mean, I'm assuming, actually, I don't know how, how much they're, the rest are getting interviewed, well, but, but, but I, I think Masih Alinejad does a lot of stuff. I mean, we, we, we don't sit here and talk about each interview of hers yeah. in the same way. I think part of the reason is because we didn't see the same reaction or the same level of reaction mm. to those interviews. They've been generally more, ex- she's been very accessible. Mm-hmm. She's got her own show. That's and right. So people are more familiar with hearing her voice yeah. maybe than they. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, there is some political background to being the son of the, the Shah, right? You say, you say he was the son of the Shah? What's that? Yeah, what are you saying? I'm talking about Reza Pahlavi. I'm he saying... Was, and he was the son of the Shah? <laughs> <laughs> oh Here I am my. actually trying to answer you. <laughs> wow, you mean the son of Farah Diba? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for explaining that. Well, no, what yeah, I, no, what no, I no, meant I to say you. is, yeah, you yeah. know, there's, there's a big difference, I think. You're saying he's the son of the Shah. I am, that is what I'm saying. Other people are not the son <laughs> of the Shah. 
<laughs> but that said, too, I think we're we're in a weird news cycle where there's things are progressing, but things are not. Um, you know, there's not massive demonstrations mm-hmm. and God forbid executions to be That's reporting right. on right now from Iran. I've noticed the tendency, for example, like Hamid Ismailian will tweet something mm-hmm. and then for the next few hours it'll be headlines, you know, there'll be like a an Iran international story yep. with Hamid Ismailian's face and I'll think they've done an interview with him. And they're just basically, we, you know, they're they're reporting that he's tweeted he's something. <laughs> it's reminiscent of the of peak Trump where, you know, when Donald <laughs> Trump would tweet something and that was yeah. news for twenty four hours. It's, it's kinda like, well, we already are following him on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We don't need to you don't need to explain to us what Hamid Ismailian just yeah. tweeted. But um but it suggests that there's a um a hunger for information but mm-hmm. there's not a lot to be talking about right that's now. Right. So that's probably why Reza Pahlavi's interviews are also getting a lot of attention because that's where our mindset's at, mm-hmm. other than folks who are doing new content and putting out uh, new songs or something mm-hmm. something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, actually, related to your question. Um, Wh- which, which question was that? that um, <laughs> if he's the son of the Shah? he's the son no, of the Shah. Like, yeah. uh, are we going to, like, is it fair that we uh-huh, are? Yeah. yeah. Um, there is a uh, like free mass shooting in United States in California and it came to my mind that is it fair if we discuss about that at some point like in I mean generally in social media not in in rock generally because uh, one of my friends reached out to me and shows uh, her comments that uh, actually she posted something about about mass shootings in America (laughs) yeah and Uh which is i think it's you have to mention this and why not not to take anything away from the tragedy of it but because they're human and there are some human that being shot yeah but but a bunch of people just died in ukraine Mm -hmm. who were uh, bombed by like today yeah we don't talk about that either we don't talk about mudslides in bangladesh i mean so that's a question i mean um uh, we do we have to take care of those news or we only have to be focused we being Iranian I assume if like let's say six months ago this happened in United States we yes we think mm-hmm. a yes lot yes about yes it, but there's a lot of things going on yeah that uh, that uh, other than Premier League football, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of things that I feel like I used to care about. Mm-hmm. That it's it's kind of like Bob Acamini saying, "I don't I don't feel like playing my guitar." Mm-hmm. I'm too uh, like yesterday. I think it was the Oscar nominations. Uh-huh. Like I couldn't give a shit. Yeah. There was I mean, I, I don't. I think a lot of people don't give a shit about uh, award shows anymore. Yeah. But yeah. but but uh, I know, and there's some Iranian content. Yeah, I was going to just the Iranian connection. I know, I know. All. But I, what my point is just that it's. No, I agree. It's yeah. who cares about yeah. a, you know Oscars right no. now with with what's going on in Iran? Yeah. It feels so. Um, I, I think we're also invested in this as something that it has. The potential to change mm-hmm. lives forever, uh, and already has to a certain yeah. extent. Uh, this Iranian uprising that everything seems so. Now, a mass shooting is still yeah. something we should pay attention to. It's different from the Oscars, yeah. but but I feel in general, you know, we're we're quite focused, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's uh, it's hard to, um, and and I wouldn't blame, uh, you know, someone who is in 
the Pakistani community who's focusing on a tragedy that's happened in, in Pakistan yes. for not yes. following Reza Pahlavi's speech, you know, or, or yeah. interview on yeah, Sky yeah, News, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, um, but uh, but as an Iranian, <clears throat> yes, that's right. I mean, uh, I, I care about that shooting, but I don't. I, I mean, yeah. it's, it's hard to explain. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a different yeah. priority, I think. Yeah. And sometimes I think that explains, y y you know, we. I think there's a very fair and um, credible argument to be made about the West not paying has not paid uh, the kind of attention it should to what's going on in Iran. But I do think there are times when we get exercised about I can't believe the New York Times is not writing about it. and mm -hmm. and when you know it's kind of understandable that yeah. the New York Times is not in the weeds about everything that's happening yes. in Iran because there's stuff happening all over the world and there's mm. you know demonstrations going on in Peru and yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and yeah I mean there's a, there's a lot of stuff um, hap happening Happens. yeah um, okay so uh, Sorry for distraction. But, <laughs> but should uh, Reza Pahlavi speak on any news channel anywhere, we'll spend 10 minutes talking about the, <laughs> that said because he's the son of the Shah. Well, that uh, and also uh, the reaction to the interview. I think that's also something uh, that yeah. is important. Um, if Hamid Ismailian tweets anything, make sure to make it a headline <laughs> in every... Uh, yeah, and see it all across your Instagram. And where's Ali carry me lately? Uh, mm. I haven't seen anything from yeah. him recently. Since he actually. endorsed uh, yeah. Reza Pahlavi, I haven't seen a lot of him. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Or the rest of that coalition, quote unquote, I mm. guess. There's not a lot that we've seen recently. Maybe there's, they're working on things mm -hmm. behind the scenes. There is one thing in Reza Pahlavi's interview that actually captured my in, um, attention. Mm. Uh, was that the beginning... By the way... Uh, He's the son of the Shah. Oh, son good. of the late Shah. Oh, so yeah. Prince Razaf Ahlavi. That's right. Well, I, <laughs> Pega was just pointing it out, so we're, yeah. we know. Yeah. What were you going to say? Yeah. The, um, the, uh, the person who interviews him, he mentioned at the beginning that uh, we are having Reza Pahlavi, who has the main role in the uh, protest against. Oh. The, so it was. In the in opposition, I think yes, he said. Yes, yes. Yeah. The leader. It, he, does he, did no, he, he say said leader the main or role. the main role? Okay. Yeah. Which was interesting. For uh, me. It's uh, disputed in the Iranian community, I would guess, probably. But I don't know. I'm uh, sure we'll see comments about right. it. <laughs> uh, on the same topic of viral videos. But can I just say, I, I, I continue to believe that he acquits himself very well. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he get, it's been it's consistent. He's you know yeah. he never there's been no gaffes. There's been no horrible mm -hmm. you know it, maybe it's low energy sometimes or something. with that but he doesn't yeah. that you know like, I mean when when was the last time you saw like a a viral video of this awkward moment with mm -hmm. Reza Pahlavi? He's very very consistently yes. delivers on his messages and you know I think that's people are taking a bit of um, um, confidence in that yeah. as, uh, those who are are endorsing him you know for sure what else sorry i cut you up um i was just gonna say on the same topic of viral videos um there was a video i'm sure you both saw it um i don't know what it's called but i'm gonna call it the new iran video mm. and it starts off i think it's a collaboration between reza bird and the voiceover is done by the Arianne guy from succession Wyatt. Yeah, yes yeah. the guy from succession that's right um and i it's one of those videos that i really enjoyed mm -hmm. um i've seen it everywhere shared it's kind of I a produced produced kind of video yeah. about iran and history exactly or yeah but i think they did a really really good job it's very short mm -hmm. and i think it highlights all of the current i don't know main bullet points of what's going on it summarizes all the concerns it's it hits 
home, I mm. guess, in, for lack of a better term. Um, the opening scene starts with... I think it's better than me mentioning the Yachjal in algebra. <laughs> no, that, that yeah, is yeah. filled with pride. This okay. is different. Okay. Um, but he, he, or they, I guess, begin with um, points about inflation, the current economic status of the country. They touch upon the imprisonment of dissidents, highlighting the executions, yeah. um, these corruption on earth um, verdicts that we've been seeing. And I just thought it was really, really well yeah, done. Yeah, it's good. I, my hope always is with a video like that, that it's somehow reaching, that that will somehow reach beyond the Iranian uh, community. The echo yeah, chamber of our exactly. own community. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And one of the things is I was actually really happy that it was done in English for that exact reason. Mm. Because I think a lot of, and I think we've had this conversation before where we say in the world of Persian Twitter and, you know, seeing friends' Instagram stories and things like that, is that really reaching a broader audience? So mm. hopefully it being in English will. Okay. Um, last thing I wanted to discuss is that currently the Fadj Film Festival is going mm. on. And I've been seeing a very, very different look of the festival this year, which has been um, interesting and actually made me really happy to this see. This is traditionally, if I remember correctly, kind of the biggest mm-hmm. movie or arts kind of festival, festival that happens in Tehran That's right. uh, each year, right? Yes, yes. It's not just films, it's other things? Yeah, it's, it's other things, but the film is the, the main, main thing. Film, yes. Yes. Yeah. So what I, I saw photos of it, and it was really interesting to see because typically when you see photos of this festival, the halls are packed, it's you know star-studded, that sort of thing. And to see the halls empty and to see mm. the front rows filled with clerics as opposed wow. to artists was just such a contrast and you can really see that the individuals from the arts community are almost boycotting it um there's a film that's not almost well i I guess essentially they're not turning up yeah that's right um there's a film that's been nominated at the festival that i think is like the front runner i believe and it's called um why don't you cry i think that's the translation um and uh one of the lead actresses actually uh put out a statement and she said you know one, she's obviously not attending. Two, she was kind of taken aback by the fact that this film that she was in very briefly is now the forefront of this festival and that she has no power over it being that, but that she doesn't endorse it. Mm. So she made a very public stance right. on this. Wow. Um, and so it's been really interesting to see that. And and so many other members of the Iranian arts community have also voiced their kind of I don't know what the word for it would be, but discontent, I right, guess, right. for the for the festival this year. Um, but definitely, some of the photos have been have been eye opening. Uh, before we end the, our little roundtable, get to I know Bob. I mean, he's waiting to come in. Let's have him come in. Um, the, I, I, you didn't mention the EU. And yeah, the fallout from the EU, and which you don't need to mention because it's kind of we discussed it already mm-hmm. on, on Monday, and there's not that much more to say. That, um, but um, but the. The, the reviling and uh, ridiculing of uh, EU President mm-hmm. Joseph uh, Burrell or whatever his yeah. name is. Joseph. Joseph, <laughs> J- uh, <laughs> yeah. That guy is, uh, I mean, that's been quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, the Iranian community is on it. Oh, you yeah. Know? I saw a photo Fuck of you. him yeah, in yeah. the uh, IRGC uniform. Yeah, Someone yeah, had edited yeah. that on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's just a, and, and, and for a good reason, too, the, the, the anger towards him because it really has it was unfortunately kind of a tipping point Mm -hmm. to show how you know when push comes to shove uh, Europe much like the United States is not ready yet Mm -mm. to take a firm position against this regime they will say oh we don't like the executions and whatever but 
Um, I mean, he did Joseph. Joseph, uh, <laughs> the, the you guy, the, he's like actively saying, "Well, yeah, this the, we the JCPOA, we got to get back to the deal." And you know, right. so I mean, there's no pretense even of. Uh, of yes, we're gonna we're considering mm-hmm. the terrorist list for the IRGC. Whatever it's, it's been a bit of a gut punch this week, I'd say. And even after all the backlash, he hasn't changed his stance or, or tried to come back and you know be more soft spoken about it or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just full force. Uh, it always there's a, there's always a moment in these in these conversations where I I want to uh, state the obvious, which is that most people in the world and and most of the actors in these uh, the, the people running powerful countries etc don't give a fuck about mm-hmm. uh, human rights and democracy and stuff I mean that's what it ultimately comes down to yeah. it's you know everybody pays the lip service to it but there's billions of dollars at stake mm-hmm. there's deals to be made there's oil on the table whatever um, and uh, and we kind of run around still hoping that that will not be the case or that Mm -hmm. we can pressure the world with and i think that does make a difference those big demonstrations and you know they lead to to action being taken but um not tipping uh the eu president yet uh into our into our camp yes can I say something before going to... Uh, uh, we, uh, you, you, that was an extremely long breath that you took, <laughs> so I thought you were going to say something, yes. Yeah, uh, because you mentioned Fajr, and um, we have two musicians uh, for our guests. The musician in Iran, they have really a tough life these days, really a tough life, and um, because, I mean, there is not general strike these days, other every every people uh, have a lo- hard life these days but musicians especially uh, they really cannot do anything other than like uh, anything what what were they able to do before that they Con- can't do? they can't have concerts there's no concerts no no because if because they, they choose not to yes yeah. because mm-hmm. if they want to have a concert they have to go to Ershad and get a license right. and they completely they reject the right. uh, minist- culture minister and so like here in diaspora also musicians yes uh, they do but they can uh, go have a yes here and ask there. back about that actually yeah but in but Iran it's uh, a big yeah. silence in music and I want to and shout out for to musicians them. in Iran good ones especially that's the main form of income mm-hmm. right the only the only form of yes. income there yes. isn't royalties yes. or yes. or you know album sales yeah. or whatever it's all yeah. kind of playing gigs and you yes. get paid uh, tickets like I can see like um, for example Bomrani uh, the group Bomrani they started to sell like uh, f- um, lamps and aubergine, you know, instead of. Oh, wow. So it's really heartbreaking, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, damn it, yeah. But it's not just them, right? I mean, it's like they uh, generally the arts, the arts oh, yeah, the yeah. yeah. Yes. Who, you know, who's making films right now? Who yeah. can act? Yeah. Who yeah. can? I mean, that's why. That's why you just can't. They can't sustain this. Mm-mm. This is not a country. You can't. You can't keep this going. You know. The, the the currency where it's at the, the inflation the um the the, the i mean who's going to go to team le games like you know every <laughs> yeah. everywhere you turn like Faj film festival how's that how does how does the regime think that that's going to get better next yeah. year if they stay in power you know i mean 
Speaking of football, um, there was another video I saw that um, I don't know what who the game was or who the teams playing were, but there was a viral video of individuals, the spectators, chanting Ali Kaimi in a game that obviously he's, he's not a part of. No. But um, that's another video that I saw recently that I thought, you know, they're still going strong and the support for him is obviously still there. So, But, um, yeah, I, I, some of our... Uh some of our friends there who are musicians in oh, Iran yeah. are d- undoubtedly having a tough sure, time, right? Yeah. And maybe it's not bad to, like, in one episode, bring some musician from Tehran, Iran, and talk to them to see what was the situation, yeah. how we can mm-hmm. help, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What about the ones who tend to produce stuff, like, I should just call them, but like, like Reza Taj Bakhsh? Would he still be able to do work? No, what work? You know, because right, right. there is uh, it's it's off. There is like even even studios they they don't have any. Uh, <sighs> yeah, uh, it's it's very hard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. Thank let's you. get to our. Let's bring in. Uh, let's uh, Peggy. Just go grab Bobak. My. Let's get to our first guest today. Uh, my first guest is a renowned Iranian-Canadian guitarist, composer, musician, and a member of the American Guitar Society, as well as being a major star in the Iranian community around the world. Take a listen to this. تو کوچه ها امروز شهامت در وجود ماست خدا تو ماج خدا ساله خدا امروز دوتا باله که باید برکشید با اون وگرنه محصیت داره خدا زلفای درباده خدا ایران آباده خداوند گوهر عشقیست تا مرگ پای There you go. A little taste of one of the latest recordings featuring my first guest today. And that song uh, dedicated to the current uprising in Iran. The song is called Khodanur with Ardavan Hatami. That's a song that went viral in November. And the guitar and the arrangement you heard there is none other than the great Babak Amini. Babak was born and raised in Tehran. And by a young age, he was known by many Iranians, both inside and outside of Iran, for the magic he can create with his fingers on a guitar, sometimes in the style of jazz and flamenco mixed with Persian influence. With over 150 albums, music videos, and film scores in Iran and in the diaspora to his credit, Babak has composed and arranged music for many musical icons, such as Gugush, uh, Faramaz Aslani, Ebi, uh, many others. Recently, Babak has released solo works and did an album and tour with Shahin Najafi. Babak has been very active since the uprising began in Iran in September and was in Washington, D.C. this past weekend where he participated in a high-profile demonstration. And he's been very open and public about his endorsement of Reza Pahlavi. We will get to all of that. But first, right now, let me welcome Babak Amini back into the Rook studio. Hello, sir. Thank you so much for the beautiful intro, my friend. Always a great pleasure to Love have you, you here. Thank and, you. And uh, I appreciate what you do for Iranian diaspora. And um, just I want to add a little thing. Sure. In your intro, I've been doing those songs to support Iranian people the day one that I got out of the country, 20 years ago, 22 years ago. The first album that I did with Gugush called Zartosht, 
most of the songs were like kind of supporting what Iranian people wants. And uh, after that, there are lots of songs that I made till now. Yeah. So it's not just been like a couple of months no. that I'm doing. Well, it's funny because I was going to start with... with Even the, they were the, like asking me, why you're doing that? <laughs> Those times, nobody, nobody wanted to do... As soon as they were out of the country, they were doing like more popular songs, sure. like dance music, club music, to entertain people. And they didn't have that much pain um, to speak about what is going on in Iran. So I, I think well, that they did I, have the pain. They were I suppressing did, the pain. Maybe. No, 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 no. Um, I'm um, talking about the composers. Mm. They didn't have that need mm. and that pain to right, speak right, about right. Uh, all the Iranians' problems in Iran. And but I. Th- thought that this is my responsibility. The day one that I got out of it, that's why they arrested me yes. in 2003. Yes. As soon as I went to Iran to visit my family, they arrested me. And like, it's a long story. Well, you trumped, I don't want to go there. You, you, trump, you trumped me because <laughs> I, was, uh, <laughs> I was actually going to start exactly there. But by the way, as a sidebar, a couple of days ago, Babak texts me and goes, uh, um, is it okay if I speak uh, Persian in the interview? And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? Your English is immaculate. No, no, no. Have you no. heard the, some of the people who come on this show and their English is, uh, no. you know, soldier through speaking? <laughs> I mean, your your English is excellent. Why no, would you want to speak no, Persian? No, no, no. Um, because you know, I'm I'm perfectionist. Mm. So anything that I want to do, I want to do it in the right way. But I've never been in a, like any school here. I didn't go to university or like any just to. Um, I didn't participate to any like school or like that's why the way that that i i speak english is not very sophisticated that's not true (laughs) that's not true it is like a kind kind of street language (laughs) you speak like a guitarist (laughs) if if you speak about like i talk about um, music or art or sport i might be able to uh, communicate listen the deal is you can Go into Persian if you feel the need to at okay, any point. Okay, but I, but I really think okay. uh, you're you're being I try honest. My best. You're, I will you're, try my best. And also, there's a lot of you know people who interview you, and there's a lot of interviews of you in in Persian out there. Yes. And this is an opportunity for you know people who don't speak Persian or who are non-Iranians to um, um, have a chance to hear okay. from you directly as well. So anyway, let's uh, do it. <laughs> you you started talking about where I wanted to start it because yeah. because in terms of the roller coaster and I, I want to get to the mixture of emotions that I know uh, have been coursing through your veins in the last uh, four or five months. Because the last time you were here, in fact, yes. then we d- when we did a, quite a comprehensive um life story interview of course i want to do the real yes. comprehensive yes, one yes, one day yes, where we do the yes. the bobak documentary but um but you know we talked about uh your years uh in iran um how difficult it was for you basically being exiled going back getting arrested um and um your um less than favorable feelings about the regime in iran and the experience that you've had with that as the backdrop yeah, I wanted to start with how you felt. I mean, I 
I've been on demonstrations with you. I know that something of the energy you felt, but take us to this past September and in the weeks afterwards where you see something crystallizing that actually could be the revolution this time. With the backdrop of all you've been through with this regime, how does that feel? You know, um, this is a strong feeling past four months that hit me like <laughs> like a truck you know I couldn't play guitar I couldn't be focused to create anything you know I made some songs but exactly the time that I wanted, wanted to just arrange or like do collaboration for instance with Erdogan I put time and like I forced myself okay let, let me be focused and do that otherwise I thought this is the first time I felt that what, whatever that is happening in Iran is way more important to my passion regarding the music and mm. art. So that was the first time that I was out because my whole energy was toward Iran. First time ever? Ever. Because uh, I used to do like those kind of like make make those kind of music to support Iranians, but this times this time I, I was feeling that I'm paralyzed because my whole energy was there, hmm. not here in Canada, <laughs> you know, and um, that's why you saw me. I was like participating in protests and I, I even went to Washington to mm -hmm. join my friends Siamak, Siamak mm. Aram and uh, Faramarz Aslani and Marjan and we were in the protest there beautiful experience and um, but that was it was the first time that I felt there's a big thing more important than my music and I didn't want to uh, um, I didn't have that musical bug mm. on me to to just go on stage and perform and like be passionate about to play my guitar. That's why one of the reasons that somehow I said I, I told uh, Shahin that I don't have that much passion to continue. Right yeah, you now. were in the middle of doing yeah. dates with him and you stopped. I, yeah. I was off completely. But it's and a strange thing because one would think, especially someone who is so identified with um, and has had this love story for decades with your guitar, you know, yeah. I mean, that's your, that is your muse, that's your, um, that's your story, that your, your outlet, that it would actually be your guitar that you would turn to when there's turmoil or when there's something that you want to express yourself through. Yeah, but I was too, too depressed and like the, 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 when you see, 24-7 when you watch all those horror movies horror videos mm. that they're killing the kids uh, killing all the protesters and the way that they are treating our brothers and sisters in Iran you know, on streets and in the jails it's hard to swallow man I don't know it was too hard for me mm. and uh, maybe the impact was too strong that I couldn't just put myself together and just start like being focused and be mm. in on my zone. You know, I, when I want to create something and I, when I want to 
play something and just go on say uh, on a stage i should uh, s- somehow be in a my own zone being my own like cocoon or mm. something i don't see anything i'm just in in that uh feeling and zone like so focused yeah but past four months i couldn't be focused because i was just watching and just following all the news and like you know i wasn't myself there are still people i actually think people that even you and i both know who and they may not say this publicly but will still say you know this is we've seen this before this isn't going to amount to anything uh it's sad uh, uh, but uh, i'm not expecting there to come change from this or as someone who has dealt with this regime your whole life and 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 for the last well almost your whole life uh, and for the last uh, 20 years in exile or 23 years in exile um how do you why has this time been different for you um you know i think that people tried everything and uh now they don't have any hope for future and uh, i think it's gonna go a little bit more crazier we're gonna see more difficult days ahead of us but when we are in this point there is no going back because uh, i think when the society when people understand the change and they wanted the, the change you cannot force them to go back because that knowledge that need is in the society and mm. they understand it it's like when you see that it's the sun is there is day and you you want to force everybody mm. no it's night so they're not going to accept that and uh, there is no point to going back and the whole world because of the so- social media um learning every day every moment we are learning so fast even this past uh four month even young teenagers imagine like see the the knowledge of the history mm-hmm. of the iran the mm-hmm. knowledge of the politics mm-hmm. how they learn f- so fast how they um get to know their own people you know so fast and uh i think even the social media united us more and uh it was the in some ways in some in ways in some ways it doesn't you know no, people yeah, yeah. always people say different things which is great you know i think when you have a society that there is no different opinions sure. on it sure. you don't get that much movement it's not an active society let, let me get to that let me just i yeah. mean when you bring up social media your entire social media platforms your feed has become quite political i mean it's it's all that i see there you know um is that strange for you no you know um, as a musician an artist our responsibility is speak about what is happening in people's heart and without them we are nobody so i don't <laughs> i don't make songs for myself to just practice and listen myself in my room mm. 
I wrote song and I play guitar to entertain people, mm -hmm. to play it on a stage. First of all, I like to learn something and challenge myself, but the main goal is for people, you know, to communicate and connect with the people. Okay. So what is the point if I don't support people? But I, with you in particular, I mean, you've got a massive following on say, you know, Instagram and these, these platforms. And I have to think that there's some people amongst those who, you know, start following you because they're guitar fans or, or maybe yes. they're not even Iranian. Yes. Uh, w when they reach out to you and say, hey, come on, man, like I'm not following you to, to get political speeches. I want to, you know, I, I just want to watch your chops on the guitar. You know, what's your response? Nobody to told me. No one said that. No one Not one. It. Not one. Wow. Not one. Everybody understands how important Everybody this is. Everybody understands. And actually, since, you know, so many of musicians, they're sen sending me message. They're saying that, Thanks for being our voice because in Iran we cannot post those yes. uh, like political songs or like posters or, or like everything that you do. It's coming from our heart. Yes. And there are so many of them they are sending me like supporting messages. Bob, like in the first couple of months especially of, of the uprising, um, yeah. I think it's still the case to a certain extent, but it feels like it's been modified a bit now. There was this notion that concerts shouldn't happen. Musicians should, this is not a time to play shows. Uh, a number of people canceled their shows and, and a number of people were shamed when they went ahead with their shows. What, what is your take on that? Uh, I didn't want to participate on that sensitive subject when people were asking me because the reality is not black and white. Reali reality is always in gray area. You don't know. Sometimes is a little bit more white. Sometimes is a little bit more black. Uh, for that aspect, I I have to say, certain musics maybe not. Um, it's not a good match for these days. Mm. But still. They can they can have their concerts, but maybe change a little bit repertoires to like first of all to support the Iranian mm -hmm. people and have their concerts. But some artists like Sasi mm -hmm. or who was criticized, yeah, but he doesn't have any songs that like he cannot change his repertoire. Mm. But if he plans to have concerts, so people that they want to see that concert, they want to have fun. That's their yeah, right. I think that's their right to go there. But we shouldn't. We shouldn't say, okay, you're banned or like you're doing something wrong. No, that's the nature of his songs. If you're against it, don't go there. But the wrong thing is people were going to his concert and booing and booing yeah, yeah. and throwing bottles yeah. and that it happened with this, gugush too. yes i don't like that yeah i don't like that and uh, if you don't want to support okay just throw away your tickets and don't go there mm. 
But, but why you're going there? They are your artists. They're Iranian artists. They're not from a different world. The double standard that, um, in retrospect, bothers me is that there that artists um, tend to be held to a different standard than than others. You know, we had a situation where people were saying to, "Don't you're not you shouldn't be making films right now. You shouldn't be playing concerts right now. You shouldn't be no, shouldn't be." Who but, we are but, to but say they're not saying to a dentist, "You shouldn't be doing your dental yeah, work." No, no, right. no. Who we are to say like tell all all the artists that you should do this, you should do that. No, we are out of the Iran because of those things. Because any songs that I wanted to release, I had to go to government and get permission about like lyrics they they used to change the lyrics you have to do only this style no man we are against that that's why we are here we want to live free okay if there's an artist they wanted to they want to have their concerts okay and if there are some people they're tired and not they're tired and they want to have fun a little bit there they want to go to their concerts that's okay with me and but when the the problem is some people they are they always you find people that they they are against everything Mm -hmm. anything you do they 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 find the thing that to say no sure you know we have (laughs) yes man (laughs) and no man so there are people that they find something to like throw to, to, to your face against you always that's good too because you look at different angles but if we start judging people like about like having concerts or not like you should not have or, concerts or about being like, active or not yeah, in the rebel. I yeah. mean you know I am sympathetic I mean just to turn it around there is the argument that says look if we're not all participating then the change is less likely to happen, right? Yes, yes. So um, if somebody's just going about their business and putting up their fun posts and you know having their fun dance concerts, it, there is a there is a part of me that goes, well, wait a second, you know, we need everybody on board on the bus. Yeah, but not everybody's same, you know. And uh, you know, for instance, because th- this one I know, uh, Abby's concert. No, he he still has some um, concerts, and but he changed the repertoire like hundred percent. Mm. So I, like he sings all the songs that is for the support for Iran, and uh, I know that like eighty percent of the repertoire is like totally changed. He has his concerts here and there, but. The songs are different. I think that Gugush did some similar thing, and um, but some singers they don't have that many songs. So, I mean, I don't want to go too far in the rabbit hole on this, but but what what what, I'm already starting to think about Noruz because it's not that long. It's a it's a month and a half away. you know what? What are we supposed to do at, at Noruz? You know that we we are preparing a big big. Uh, I I do actually. Program. I, are you allowed to talk about that? Yeah, why not? Oh, I yeah. thought you weren't supposed to say anything. No, about no, that. no. Okay, it's, it's out there. And, oh, uh, yeah. The Tirgon already started to okay promote it. There's a big. This is in March. I think it's March twenty fifth. Yeah. There's going to be a massive 
concert. Yeah. Yes. Uh, 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 can you tell us anything about it? Or yes, yes. What can you tell us? I'll be the musical director. I write for the orchestra. We're going to have like 10, 12 singers. Like Ebi is going to be there. Paramars is going to be there. Shaheen Najafi. Lots of good singers. And uh, it's for Iran. Baraye Iran. Mm. That's the name of the concert. Now we have very good speakers. And uh, yeah, it's going to be beautiful night. Scotiabank Arena. A Scotiabank It's going to be Arena. massive. Yeah. And uh, I think... Tickets also will be on sale from tomorrow, I guess. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I really didn't think we were you we were yeah going to be allowed to talk about this yet. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, today yeah. I supposed to make a video like to okay. put it in the Tirgon social. So media. if you're the musical director with all these famous, so you know, you're going to have to get along with all of them, you know. <laughs> I love them, <laughs> and uh, they they know how to get along to <laughs> with each other. <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, the, it's going to be a, an epic event. I'm I've heard about this, and I'm uh, excited to uh, to to hear that it's coming. And the together. song choices, like they are very good songs, and uh, I'm sure that people will love it. And hopefully, uh, the um, lots of TVs. Uh, will cover that concert. I would hope that all the all the different networks will come together Ho- for hopefully, it. Yeah. Hopefully. The good thing that all the singers that they're coming, artists that they're coming to this uh, concert to participate, um, they didn't charge anything. So Wow. Yeah. And they didn't Ebi charge. Ebi Faramars. Uh, Shaheen, Shaheen. Who else? Arash Sopani. Okay. And uh, Erfan, uh, Golazin. Um, there are like Great. 12 singers, yeah. yeah. And Rostam um, Mirlashari, Baluch singer. And Hani uh, Bakhtiari is like a Kurdish singer. Uh, yeah, some right. locals, yeah. I hope people from uh, who are not in Toronto will be listening, listening to this will, will come join us. And here. other thing, the ticket prices are very, very low. To just to cover the expenses, so everybody can right on. Yeah. Okay, Babak. Let me get to something that's really important to uh, yes. ask you about. That uh, was part of the reason, part of the incentive for uh, bringing you here today. Even though it, I mean, it's always a pleasure to have you here. Likewise. You are a supporter of Reza Pahlavi, as are many folks. You're one of the high-profile members of our community that's been very public recently about your support. Tell us why. Uh, you know, because I have some followers, everybody should know what is in my heart and who I am. I don't want to hide anything from my followers, from my friends. I have to be honest. And uh, I didn't want to wait to see what's going on. And they like politically just just in the side to see if how people people react no I know Reza Pahlavi from before and we have good relationship and he's not seeking seeking power mm. and or any parties you know and he's uh, just there to help opposition to unite and get together and unite united the opposition 
and uh, he doesn't want to be a king, you know, and uh, he had the fame. He has the. Like, he says he doesn't want to be. Yeah, there are people who say he still wants to be, but no, uh, he like you don't. You know how many times in, I think in each and all of uh, his interviews. He keeps saying, "Yeah, I don't. I'm not seeking yeah. the crown." Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't want to be king, and he just want to support the people and help people, and he's doing it. And what is wrong to support that cause? What do you want him to do? Whatever that he's doing is right. And but I just want people not to attack him, attack him, because he's the only only one that is working the right way. He wants everybody's help. He's asking like Masih Alinejad, even Hamid Ismailion, everybody. Mm-hmm. He's asking everybody's help. And he's uniting everybody under like, I don't know. I feel comfortable that whatever that he's doing, it's in the right direction. That's mm-hmm. why I felt that I have to uh, bring up to my social media and tell everybody that what is in my heart, what is in my mind. So, just to get you to elaborate a little bit on on why, uh, I mean, here's the here's the here's the space, here's the platform. What what is what is it about him in your mind for for you that makes him the person who, as you say, is the right guy, the right person right now to be uh, overseeing the transition. First of all, he had everything. He doesn't need to gain anything. He's uh, he's already prince of Iran. Mm -hmm. And um, so he's not seeking power that's the main thing for me. And you're uh, attracted to that. Yeah, I'm, that he I'm doesn't want to be the leader. I'm very very attracted to that. But and it sounds like you would like him to be the leader. No? Um I want him to do whatever that he thinks mm-hmm. that is right. Mm-hmm. Which he's leading also. But through the time that we get to the uh, victory and do the try to uh, experience a democracy so the other thing is that um, I'm very happy to support Reza Pahlavi's his mom and his family always supported the art and artists Mm. in our politician histories they are the only one unquestionable Yes. They yeah, are yeah. the only one they paid attention and um, support art and artists. Mm. And if you just talk to Reza Pahlavi, he's first of all, he's an artist him, himself in different things. <laughs> he plays drums, he knows music inside and out. He does the photography. He's like in everything. Mm. A couple of uh, months ago, we were talking about like uh, cooking he has like extreme knowledge about cooking and like anything you talk about it like he has like deep 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 knowledge about everything and it's amazing 
And for me as, a, as an artist, when I see a politician, when I see somebody that in that knowledge of art and the history of the family that they are supporting, like his mom for sure. His yeah. mom, yeah. yeah. And what they've done for art and artists in Iran, it's unmatchable to other <laughs> politicians or like other people that they weren't in power. And um, I cannot just compare it to anybody else. When you've been this public, you know, when you, uh, and I appreciate what you're saying. I don't want to wait. I don't, I don't want to, you know, hold my cards to not piss some people off or whatever. Um, I'm going to be who I am. When you've made this declaration, whether it's a picture of you and Reza Pahlavi on your Instagram, whatever it is, um, I know you have a lot of followers. You have a big audience in Iran, let yes. alone in the diaspora. What's the reaction been? They loved it. Universally. I didn't get any, like, uh, just one guy. He's the luckiest guy in the world. No one attacks you. No, no, no. Everybody just, attacks yeah, everybody. Actually, <laughs> actually one of uh, my friend attacked me. Not, <laughs> not very close friend. He's like a photographer or uh, videographer. He just told me that, no, I have to talk to Reza Pahlavi. Why, why is like doing this? And I said, okay, you have to have your, you have your own opinion mm. and I have mine. And he was not uh, happy, so that uh, the, the only one. The, the, generally, it's been very positive. Yeah, your, your endorsement. Yeah, interesting. What did you think of this um, campaign that emerged to endorse him uh, last week? I find out that still so many people they don't know what's going on, and they're just attacking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because the campaign, like Etihad, the campaign of Etihad was to unite all the oppositions, like all the high-profile people together, you know. But they think that now Reza Pahlavi wants to be a king. Mm-hmm. Without, they just even listen to what is going on even one interview or like listening to see what's happening it's not like you know they just want to just attack and uh, we still have people that they don't know what's going on and uh, so maybe that Etihad campaign was good because so many of people they start saying something and everybody else that it, it, yeah. just um, they wanted yeah. to support that Etihad campaign and everybody else was like it's not the right thing but they were attacking them but uh, it's good it's, it means that the society is active well Those the conversation of, is amazing yeah but it, sometimes it's not a conversation yeah but it's a bunch of people yelling at each other yeah we, we, we are still learning you know, um, we are living in a free country, but still we are coming from um, dictatorship. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a saying in like in music, uh, when they are going to um, um, hire some musicians from like big orchestras, some of them they say we are third generation musicians. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking why they are mentioning I'm third generation. I'm second generation. 
because nobody were playing any music instruments in my family. I'm just in the first generation. <laughs> so what what is wrong with me? And um, w- what is the advantage for them to be third or second generation? But it's different. We are first generation learning and experiencing democracy in different countries, not even mm-hmm. in Iran. So everything is new for us. You know, we are first generation and uh, everything that we are trying and experiencing is, it has, a, you know, sometimes we feel that, okay, we have that social media. Now this is a tool to attack everybody. Right. And because this is very new, we want to experience to be free. You know, but it, from what I understand, Re- like Re- Reza Pahlavi himself didn't. This caught him by surprise. This grassroots, uh, this uh, this en- endorsement campaign, this uh, petition, etc. Um, and it was a little awkward for a few days because um, people That's were waiting good. to see what his reaction would be. You should have more of these kind of etihad like campaigns, like different campaigns, even because well, as no. much as we are active. Mm-hmm. We, we were going to get somewhere. But isn't that a distraction, Babachan, no, if we're talking we're about leadership right now yeah. rather than focusing on the the enemy, <laughs> which is the regime? I mean, there's a, you know, there's a, I, I have to bring up the people who disagree with this, uh, this endorsement with this petition, et cetera, because they were very outspoken. And, and so, I mean, for example, Homas Arshar, Mm-hmm. who was, I don't know if you saw her, she went on a network in the last couple of days and said, I'm paraphrasing, but that she worries or has some sense that the, the Islamic Republic and, and the IRGC or the IRGC cyber army is somehow involved in this petition, in this campaign, and um, she was quite suspicious about it. Sure, that's her opinion. But you see the majority. You know, it's very good to have those kind of opinions. Otherwise, the uh, we don't get the active society to choose something out of it. So if we have a society that everybody is agree about something, mm-hmm. this is the worst society. Because it's going to stay like there. You don't learn anything out of it. You know, but when you have an active society, different opinions, different angles to look at it and get educated That's yourself. That's true, hundred percent. Yeah, but do, you you get some. The question you get is, somber. does the debate? Because you're right. The what the petition actually said, the debate turned into something else. That the debate turned into to a certain extent in social media, a, a referendum on whether you like Reza Pahlavi or not, which wasn't even the intent of the, no, the, 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 the petition. Right? No, I think the, um, I think it was r- r- right time um, to, to, for everybody to um, say their opinions. Mm. And that, um, Etihad, what do you say? It um, campaign mm-hmm. um, helped helped people that to be able to say whatever voice where they're yeah. at. I see, and it's nice, and it's nice. Okay, if we get to the point that we don't know our people, that we don't know who's supporting what, 
we're going to get in trouble again and again. Like you think now we should be working this out. Yes. So that we don't so it, fall into a situation so where at, a Khomeini at, can emerge. Yeah, yeah, and look, yeah. At, look at our um, revolution in yeah. um, like Khomeini, when the Khomeini start working with um, the other parties. Yeah. There were like three major different oppositions. But even with the major help that Khomeini got from the other opposition parties, the, they 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 could uh, win the situation, and right after that, they killed everybody, mm -hmm. all the oppositions. Mm -hmm. So it's better to see and solve all the problems before we get there. Mm. And it's nice to hear everybody's um, opinions. Because as I mentioned before, the reality is not just black and not just white. Are you worried about our community? Um, they I mean, certainly to, outside of they Iran. They have to hear uh, our, our voice and we have to hear their voice. Are you worried about our ability to collectively work together? Because, because it is alarming to a certain extent. I don't want to overplay this, but you know, the fact that all of these prominent Names you've mentioned a couple of them that have come out as potential, you know, people who could be part of a coalition of leadership or something like that, um, get very viciously attacked, you know, uh, by some areas of our community, whether it's, you know, uh, and and that doesn't seem helpful. No, you know? but but it should be like that. Yeah, it's normal. I think it's normal. People are people are different and they should allow to say whatever it's in their mind and we are learning from each other and eventually we will get there what a great what a balanced perspective you have it's very um uh calming to hear you talk about this mm, even though we are fighting you sound less concerned than yeah some even though are. even though we are fighting but i think that um with learning from each other we can get there sooner and we are learning because now in so social media everybody's talking and everybody's learning and correcting themselves which is great I see the politicians that they are each year they are <laughs> changing and they are somehow fine-tuning their yeah. Um, ideology yeah. and fine-tuning their uh, the angles that they want to go and uh, which is great we are learning from that part other. of it's amazing we yeah. talked about this before on the show about how the community um, inside and outside of Iran for example when they were, when there was the fake confession yeah. to Maj video that came out yeah everybody immediately said don't share this yeah and everybody listened yeah I mean, it's, it's amazing, yeah. you know, that everybody's on the same page of we know not to share the yeah. propaganda exactly. of the Islamic Republic, even yeah. though it's clickbait. Man, you're you know? learning a lot these days. Everybody's learning, even young kids. They are growing up like 10 years in, 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 in four months. And even the, our politicians, we are learning, unless they are like, I don't know, something wrong with them. You have kids. Yes, I have two Little kids. kids. Yeah. Do you talk to them about this? Mm, they are too too young. Too young. Too young. Yeah. 
And but hopefully in future, yes, I have to educate. Do you them. put Shir Khorshid little flags on their lapels? When they <laughs> no, no, <laughs> they have to cho- choose it um, like freely when they want to do it. All right. Yeah. Religi- religions and politics in our house is just a time that they want to choose. When you were in D.C. this past weekend, and you, were, I saw pictures of you participating in that demonstration. Um, what was the most um, energizing part of that? that trip for you everything man in that cold weather everybody was there and uh, <laughs> fun, funny story um, I thought first I thought that I'm gonna go there and just uh, speak Farsi oh and you spoke yeah I spoke oh, okay I didn't know you actually but spoke it was so it. embarrassing man Why? I didn't like my just, my English is terrible the perfection oh you spoke yeah. in English yeah and right. um, this is why you didn't want to do an interview in English you were, uh, yeah. after your performance in DC last <laughs> week <laughs> and uh, it was like freezing man yeah. freezing and I went there I was with Faramars Faramars Amarjan and uh, okay I prepared something in Farsi in my mind so, and I have First, I thought, okay, at least I'm going to have 15 minutes. And exactly... 15 minutes on stage at the demonstration? Yes. No, because it was a stage for for the speakers as well. So I thought, okay, I'm going to have 15 minutes, 10 minutes, (laughs) 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And right before I'm going on stage, Faramar said, Bobak, only English. (laughs) <laughs> I said, why? I said, there are lots of Ukrainian people here. Oh, lots yes, of, yeah, yes. um, so many people there were there that they're like non-Iranian. said, just speak English. I said, okay. And the Siomakaram came, we said, only five minutes. Said, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I was so confused. Okay. And I had to change the subject and say whatever that comes to my mind. Wow, what was the subject of this 15-minute oratory that yeah, you were going to do in Persian? Yeah, yeah, Whoa. it was like, do you want to... What was it? Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. I mean, you know, tell us. Yeah, I, I wanted to explain what is going on in what the, the young teenagers that they are on the street, what they are feeling, and what is the responsibility of the... Um, politicians that they um, the people that they have lots of followers that the leaders what is the responsibility for them Uh, you know the people in Iran like the teenagers that they are protesting they are like uh, birds that their whole whole life were in the cage yes and they have the image of the f- living in freedom, a little image from the parents because they took their parents, forced them to be in a cage, and they born the kids, they're born in the cage. They never felt the mm. living in freedom. They have a little ideas from the social media and from whatever that their parents were, uh, were telling them and but they never lived in the free yeah, society yeah right they now, have the internet yes so, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. just you, they, they have some ideas yes but they never felt correct right now with any any danger and cause they are just trying to get out of the cage hmm. but 
they don't know how to fly because they can fly the height of the cage Ooh. only. And our responsibility as a leaders and everybody that has like, like the influencers is to educate them yeah. how to fly. Because imagine yes, the bird. Beautifully put. Yeah, yeah the, the birds that they are getting out of the cage, they don't know how to fit themselves. They don't know how to fly. They don't know where to find to rest. Hmm. You know, this is hap what happening in on streets now. They are experiencing a little freedom here and there, but they don't know what to do. Hmm. And us as a influencers or politicians or leaders we need to put and invest on educating the kids what's a way that we do we can do that there are lots of here. ways from here yeah there are lots of lots of ways the first way is to be able to communicate to each other if we start attacking attacking each other like a little kid yeah. we don't teach the yeah. kids anything yeah. But the good thing that I learned from the Reza Pahlavi, especially, is he's pretty open to talk to everybody. Yeah. And he's doing it. He has lots of meetings. He had lots of meetings with artists, yeah. everybody, and uh, he listens. And we need to listen. And we need to listen to everybody, all the different angles, all the different opinions. That's how we can shape our f the, the future of Iran. Otherwise, we, we're going to keep fighting. Hmm. And we're not going to just gain anything out of it. Well, that's pretty good. That was worthy yeah. of your 15 minutes in Persian. But, um, uh, but, but so what I did you just, end up saying just, in English? Oh, that was... <laughs> 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 Do you want to hear that too? Sure, go ahead. Okay, yeah. okay. I mean, if I, I, don't, I don't know. Do I? If it's a, that bad, I'm sure it's not as bad as you're characterizing it. Yeah. And you know what? Because I want to just make it short there. And I said, I was a 10 years old kid. I used to go to guitar classes. And I used to wear all my, because that guitar classes uh, were very important for me. And uh, that was the highlight of my life. Tehran. Tehran. <clears throat> And I used to wear my best dresses that I had and like put the perfume and everything. 10 like, years old would be right around the time of the revolution. Uh, right? uh, three, three years after. After, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, you know, uh, first couple of years after the revolution, I was pretty open everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But after that, they just little by little, they Clamped just close, yeah. yeah. And um, <clears throat> One time I went to the class. I was so happy. Just I was just counting the days to just get to the to to my class, and my class was just only fifteen minutes. And uh, but I used to go there like one hour before to just sit there and wow. like listen to the uh, other music and uh, other students that they were like practicing. It was so fun for me. And one day I went there. And um, I remember they put a, a sticker that this place is close against Islam, whatever. And it was like I, uh, it was like ins it's like an insult to me, mm. you know. But after that, I never stopped. You know, they wanted me. I was like a ordinary guitar student. Mm. 
But that thing just changed me wow. to fight more. Inspired you to actually yes. go, yeah. Yeah, gave me more energy. Said, okay, I have nobody to learn, but I'm gonna just keep practicing and practice more. And when I was 14, somebody brought me uh, the cassette from uh, like 14, 16, I don't know, from uh, from US. It was a Strans and Farah. I said, wow, if there, uh, there is an Iranian can achieve that, I can do it too. So I was like more solid and like practicing more. Now see, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm working with everybody to, and I have my concerts and just cut and see what the teenagers are doing yeah. in the street. They are fighting and they are putting lots of energy and they are putting their life in risk and danger. Imagine I wasn't putting my life and like to danger or like anything. Mm -hmm. I was just because of that little thing active activated but it's the me. same form of same, defiance yes yeah but right now whatever that they've done for 44 years they activate lots of potential like <laughs> nuclear yeah. bombs yeah. in teenagers and and that's why i'm 100 percent sure we're gonna win this war yeah who i interviewed in the middle east a couple weeks ago we ran the interview last week you know she tells this story of this kid that she knows, this young guy she knows who's been in jail, um, and his name is Ruhollah. And he was, you know, he was born after the revolution and his father named him Ruhollah because he was a, such a fan of Khomeini. And this kid is out there demonstrating yeah. against, you know, even though that's his name. Uh, and and um, when, um, when, when he'll ask, well, you know, is it worth being in jail? He said, if for my father to see what I'll do against this regime. So, yeah. um, the kids are uh, the kids are all right, as, yeah. as they say. Let me ask you a, a final question. I mean, with all that you've said, um, what is your mood right now about where things are at with this um, this uh. this this uprising? You know, it's not. There was a moment in, in you know, I guess uh, early November, late to late October when the big Berlin rally happened and everybody was singing Battle Yeah and it, it felt like um, there was so much enthusiasm that has dimmed a little bit um, now. Now we feel like we're in the minutiae of an actual, you know, um, no. the, the mechanics of yes, change. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's changed, but it's there because when they see the light in the of the tunnel, that's hope. We already saw that light. And that's the direction. We're gonna go there. We're not gonna go back to the darkness. The direction is there, we saw the light, and there is no point going back. And that's the thing that is giving me the hope. But in general, if you're asking, I'm not in a good situation like because I'm seeing those videos, I'm seeing what is happening to the kids and the damage is extreme. You know, when they are going, those kids that they are going to the jails, they're not gonna be the normal kids after no. that. No. So that's is bothering me. It's like my heart is, you know, with them. When I feel that and I'm, you know I'm sensitive. So 
because of that and watching the news and watching those horrible videos of course I'm depressed but the good thing that is giving me energy is we see that everybody saw the light at mm. the end of the tunnel. Let's go, we're going to go out on a little bit of uh, a piece of music that you've just recently released. Yes. A song that you... A piece that, yes, you, you wrote and you uh, you arranged. This is with um, the artist Mahur. Mahur Bahram. Mahur, yeah. yeah. Um, t- you want to tell us anything about it? Uh, no. Okay. Because is the every all the message that it everything for that itself. yeah yeah, but this is one of the songs that um, I did it like orchestral. There's no no guitar on in it, and um, the lyrics is from Katayun, and uh, she's an amazing amazing lyricist from Iran. Hope everybody liked it. It's always good to see you, um, privately and publicly, and and here. Uh, in the studio. Thank you for doing Thank this. Thank you. Likewise, brother. Thank you so much. Baba Kamini. Let's say, uh, listen to a, piece, a little, little bit of this piece called Khushahai uh, Gandom, featuring the vocalist Mahur. ترانه من که در سپردی بر از روزهای روشن دیگر چه مانده دریا حسی که ماندنی بود چون خوشه های گندم شعر و ترانه زیباترین ترنم رقص دوباره نور پروانه های آزاد گل بوسه شقایه به گونه از یاد Featuring our Baba Kamini there and uh, Mahur is the vo- voice that you uh, hear there. Babak has left the studio and our next guest has come in. This is Rook episode 233. My next guest is a trained soprano and a familiar face and voice for the Iranian-Canadian community in Toronto and beyond. Now take a listen to this. <laughs> There you go. 
little taste of a piece called Fardoya Azadi, featuring, uh, well, you, you recognize that voice that was just there, Farmaz Aslani. Also on that piece, uh, the full song, you hear Shabnam Tolayi, uh, Arash Sobhani, Mehran Aminyan, Lizbeth Helgeson, and my next guest, the talented Golruch Aminyan. Golruch was born and raised in Iran, started her music training by learning the violin. She later graduated to vocal techniques and became a member of the Iran Youth Choir at Tehran's Rudaki Hall. After moving to Canada, Golruch continued her vocal training at the Royal Conservatory of Music. In 2015, she co-founded a not-for-profit called Cultural Interchange 360, aimed at becoming a cross-cultural bridge for bringing people of different backgrounds together through music and other performing arts. More recently, Golruch initiated an impressive Persian opera project, which we will get to. Since the uprising began, she's been busy supporting the revolution in demonstrations and social media platforms and on songs like we just heard. And right now, Golruch Aminyan joins me in the Rook studio. Hello. Hello, Jian. Great to be here. Nice to have you here. Thanks for doing this. Tell me about Fardoya Azadi. Fardoya Azadi was um, a song that I take pride in participating in. Uh, it was the ri- the lyrics and the music both were written by Mehran Aminyan, and uh, he brought a great group of people, and I was honored to be uh, one of them to perform. Kamran Aminyan did the amazing video, uh, and. Uh, it was a very special project. It, For me, it hit the right spot because it talked about a brighter future, which we're all looking forward to. Yes. You know, it's been a while we've been trying to get you on the show. Um, and most recently, it was we talked about in the summer having you on uh, in the early fall because you were launching this this opera project uh, and this fantastic night that took place in September. You had this wondrous performance that was quite historic. Twelve renowned opera pieces that you translated uh, into Persian and wove into a storyline and performed in Persian. Um, now. What's interesting, though, in sort of a strange collision of timing, however, this piece that you'd worked on, this event, this performance uh, for for months, uh, uh, happened to coincide with, it was pretty much the week or week after the killing of Masa Amini. Um, and so you were kind of trying to negotiate how to do this show while our community was in shock and uh, it was the beginnings of the revolution, the uprising. Does that all seem like a world away to you now? It's um, it's interesting. Um, I worked about, like from the inception of the idea to the time that the show was, uh, f- it finally went on stage. It was five years, that was about five years. Wow. It took me a long time to translate because I really wanted to uh, get the essence of the operas and bring it into the translations. It these are famous arias from Carmen, or from, from Correct. very, and, and you took Correct. these and, and translated them meticulously into Persian. Correct, and it was it was difficult. It's it's a difficult task to translate, and this is basically anybody who has tried to translate a piece a piece of music into a into a lyrics other than the original language will attest to it because you don't want to do a, have a literal translation. You want to bring the context mm. as well, and you don't want to sacrifice the natural intonation of words when you're talking about mm. when you're bringing into into the the new language. So it took me a long time and. It was there was about more than seventy people involved in the project. Right. There were about fifty people on stage 
um, performing that night. Um, and you're right, it, um, it coincided with the, uh, I believe, the second week of the, of the uprisings yeah. and um, after not only Mahsa Amini, but there were so many other people who were also killed. Um, I came to a point uh, that I was even contemplating, maybe I shouldn't, uh, maybe I should cancel the show. But then I felt that instead of canceling, I will dedicate the, the, the yeah, show to yeah. to this uprising. I am a Persian uh, woman who has, uh, I'm never able to do a project like that, this Iran mm. and with the current regime. So that is my voice and I'm by dedicating it to um, the the women who have uh, been, who've put their lives on the front line, mm-hmm. I'm basically showing what it means to be a fighter. Uh, it was an interesting dynamic. I, first of all, I remember in the days leading up to the performance, I mean, I'm talking about this as a history is four months ago, but so much has changed in the world for Iranians, especially in the last four or five months. And yes, it was the second week, I guess, and and um, some of these kids have been killed. Massa, uh, of course, Massa Amini, and the protests were beginning, and the, the the demonstrations of solidarity, and and everyone felt the the punch in the gut in in the community. And I remember saying, "Is this thing still going on?" Is what's a, and talking to a couple of people who were involved in your production, who said, "Well." There's a lot more than you know. The first of all, there's non-Iranians involved. There's, you know, there's staff. There's there's uh, an orchestra. There's all these people who are expecting to to perform that night. And even on the night of the show, which was sold out, a bunch, we were walking in, and it, it was quite solemn. You know, the audience was kind of we're kind of going in, going, well, how do we feel about going to a show? And and all of that um, was deconstruct all, all of that any any anxiety that we had evaporated at the top of the show because before you came out in costume you i think it, you came out with your daughter correct you came out with your daughter and you said hey guys you know real talk here before we actually do this thing that i've worked on for five years that you're you've all paid to be here for um uh, this is i'm dedicating this and i and i think that really uh, helped everything and it actually kind of weirdly put the show into context because the show feels like it is about female empowerment and and so then you know it's almost like you had written it for that moment you're absolutely right we were contemplating them even I received messages on social media that um, people who have purchased a ticket for months uh, and they were asking is the show going to be on and I my response was I am as sensitive, I, this, this topic is a very, very personal topic for me, and it's I'm very sensitive and get, get very emotional and wound up when I when I think about Iran in general. I've been away for about um, 21 years. I I've never been disconnected from what's happening in Iran, and my heart beats in Iran for Iran, and uh, yet I felt that I will be able to deliver that strong message that. If you, if an Iranian woman woman is allowed to do what 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 she is inspired to do, mm. um, they can make a difference. And that was about sending that message and dedicating that show to all of the women who all the women in Iran who want to make a difference. By the way, your daughter, who's a teenager, uh, how old is she now? 
16, 17? She's turning 16 soon. Okay. She's fantastic. She was one of the, she was in the show. And um, what, what kind of conversations did you have with her? I, pre- I presume she's never been to Iran, right? She's grown up. Oh, or she, she has. Oh, she's visited. She okay. has. Okay. She speaks fluently Farsi. She reads I know she writes. does, but she's a kid of the diaspora, right? Correct. Right, yeah. yeah, she was born and raised here. She's been in Iran about... Um, three or four times. Last time was about six years ago and was the last time I we, we were able to travel to Iran. Um, at, basically after that, I've decided to use my music to voice my um, opinion yeah. and my... Um, to, to, to be the voice of my people. And uh, that was a time where I... That that was basically my price to pay. I'm not. I can't go back to. Iran but I'm curious anymore. what conversation you might have had with her with Ariana, or what yes. her position was. Yes, yeah. her. She is. She is with us very, very much involved. And I asked her to do the the English version of what I was reciting in in Farsi. And it. I feel that when it comes, even for her who's been born who's been born and raised here in in Canada, she. She feels the sentiment. She gets. I feel her emotions. She gets upset. She gets. She gets involved, mm. and it meant so much for her uh, that she is. She was like, "Yes, I will definitely do that. I will read the English part." And she did a great job delivering what she needed to. Deliver. When you, uh, by the way, I don't want to. Um, on another day, in another moment, we'll we'll go deep into the opera because uh, it, it it's it's a fantastic piece of work. It's kind of sort of groundbreaking in terms of what you did, and I I hope people outside of Toronto and that one per- performance will get to see it. I hope you'll you'll yeah, eventually awesome. tour it and and do more of it. Um, but to sort of move to the uprising and 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 your connection, as you say, to Iran and and the situation. A moment ago, you said this is really personal for me, um, which I, I think that's the way it feels for most Iranians. But tell me what you mean when you say this is really personal. Well, I want to mainly focus on the the events of the past four months, because in the past, in the history of the 40 year history of this regime, what happened over the past four months was unprecedented. It was it is really unique and it is what we call a revolution. What we have all been looking for, I felt there has been a, a an amazing roller coaster of emotions that we've all felt. There were times that I felt extremely proud of what we're accomplishing as a nation. Sense of pride towards our youth in Iran, towards the women who have, um, you know, shown incredible courage to come out. I I was one of these women in Iran who was. Um, who felt the oppression firsthand. We decided to leave Iran, but um, I know how, what it feels because I lived basically the first 28 years of my life in Iran, and I firsthand experienced what it means to live in Iran as a woman, especially as, a, as an artist mm-hmm. um, who wants to sing. Singing is in my, in my DNA, so yeah. to speak, it's a part of me. It's yeah. not. It's not separate. And I and you fall into the category me, of someone who literally would not be allowed to do your job literally. in Iran. Yes, yeah. 
Correct. And and I wasn't. It was being growing up in Iran in that environment basically determined uh, what I studied, um, where I am today from a professional perspective. I, I wasn't able to study vocals right. um, in Iran. Did finance and business? I did something? mathematics. Yeah, I did yeah. pure mathematics in Iran. And I came here and I did finance and right. uh, I'm in business intelligence. It's very, very field very, very far from music. Mm-hmm. So I had to put let's say double effort into bringing myself to where I want to be today from a musical perspective. Does that um, explain to me or for people who didn't grow up in Iran, um, because it's still confusing to me sometimes these things. You did study mute, well you studied violin, then you did study vocal in Iran. So how can a woman, walk me through how you're allowed to study singing and I guess you're allowed to sing with certain orchestras or under certain conditions, but you can't record your own album or perform in front of men uh, a pop song or, I mean, untangle that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I did study with teachers in privately, basically, in Iran. There was a, there was a, um, a lady from Italy um, Persian lady from Italy who came back after a very long time of living in Italy and we, we I studied with her. I joined uh, the choir in Rudaki Hall. Uh, we were singing, not as slow, soloists. Even if, if you were selected as a soloist, you had to sing like two soloists would sing together, right. which is which defeats the whole purpose right. of being a right. soloist. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and um, that that rule also, like I, I can never figure it out. We don't want women to sing solo, but if there's two of them, yeah, with a guy, right? There has to be one no, man no, and two it women. Ha- it can be two women. Because In, it, the, the point is, you can't hear right. the voice of the woman. Like a singular voice of right. a woman, because we won't be able to control ourselves. Right? Yeah. It's very provocative. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, so basically, I'd say all of my um, all of my training really happened in in Canada, where I joined the Royal Conservatory and I worked with some wonderful teachers, um, and the, the 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 learning still continues. Um, Did you move with your family here, or uh, were you? With my husband, Cameron. Oh, with Cameron. Yes, okay. it was the two of us. And and w- tell me about that decision at that time. There were a lot of people who were telling us, "Well, you have very good jobs. You are stable." Um, it was uh, the time of um, uh, Khatami's pre- presidency, mm-hmm. where the. Uh, political scenery of Iran was a bit wider than it what what was before right. and what was after, frankly. Right. So it was. Um, there, there was more freedom. It yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, and yet we decided that it's not. We 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 do want to. We we want to leave because what we saw as as our future wasn't what where we wanted to be. Uh, there were so many of our friends who decided not to. Um, and interestingly, a lot of them left 10 years, 15 years mm. after, um, saying that perhaps maybe we did did the right decision, made, made the right decision to leave at that time. Um, it was very difficult uh, to immigrate. I think immigration is one of the most traumatic experiences in life um, 
I think the first one is losing a child. The second one is is immigration. It's basically you displacing be, yourself. Everything, yeah. everything. You you lose your support. You you're basically cutting your roots and putting it all in four suitcases and coming to somewhere where you know nobody. And your your I I used to make this joke of. Um, even your your calendar changes. Your Fridays and Thursdays turn to Saturdays and Sundays, and it's uh, everything turns upside down. Could you have imagined at that time that people would be out in the streets for weeks, for months in Iran, in Iran, saying "death to the dictator"? No, and that's what very special about the past four months. I think. This Mark Bar Khomeini, death to dictator, death down with the Islamic Republic, yeah. is only very specific to the past four months, the uprising, the revolution that has started over the past four months. And That's make it that what's make it extremely significant. Yeah, and and does it um, has it caught you by surprise, or or was it something that you would have anticipated? I was. I I wasn't anticipating this. I was hoping for it very much. I think like every other Iranian, um, not every other, I should be very careful with what I say, with a yeah. lot of... Certainly not every other. It, yeah, definitely yeah, yeah, not. Yeah. Uh, with a lot of, with a lot of like-minded people, we were, we were really hoping for something. And, uh, and I even um, about, I think it was a couple of, uh, maybe a year ago, uh, where I wrote a song called Hich Nagov Team. I want to play some of that, yeah. This is dedicated to the victims of PS752, right? Uh, Correct. It started, the emotion started building up inside me with that um, horrible, horrible um, downing of that flight. And it continued with, uh, it, it hit the kind of the peak for me when the, um, water shortage happened in in south of Iran and well, all the protests and they started shooting people because they were they were looking for water yeah. they were they're asking for water um, and I tried to in that in the lyrics that I wrote it was one very very gloomy afternoon for me where like I was really feeling suffocated and I thought okay the pain needs to manifest somehow and it, and it manifested through each Nagov team through the lyrics and then later let me, on let me play a little bit of this this is you and Mehran Aminyan yes yes I asked Mehran to join me as two a man and Persian man and woman each Nagov team take a listen to this <laughs> of my guest here in the Rook studio, Golruch Aminyan. That song uh, also features Mehran Aminyan. It's called Hich Nagoftim that you wrote. You wrote the music and the lyrics, correct? Yes. It's, you've said something interesting about that piece, which is you've said that coincided with the time where you you definitively made the decision there's no going back to Iran uh, to visit. Or I'm, I'm, you know, this is the, this is my line in the sand now. Um, tell me about that. 
Um, I think there was a time, you you nailed it, it was right after the, the flight, where I thought to myself, I don't want to be silent. Um, I hated being silent. That's what the oppressor wants. Uh, and that's the trade-off for a lot of people in the diaspora. Yes. Do I say if I, you know, yes. I want to con- keep going back to Iran so I don't want to say anything? Yeah. Or, and I didn't want that anymore. I reached a point where like, that's the price that I pay. There are people in Iran are paying the price. Um, what is the price that I'm willing to pay? And that was that was my price. I'm not... I'm not able to go back. It's a very tough price for me to pay. I bet for anybody who's outside, but I'm, I have very strong ties. I had a 96 year old grandmother who passed about two years ago. I wasn't able to go and see yeah. her. Yeah. Um, you're an opera singer. I don't know a lot of opera singers who are Iranian or a lot about the tradition of opera in Iran. Um, I'm assuming it changed after the 1979 revolution if there was some, um, some, some great operatic tradition. Can you shed any light on where, where the Iran and opera have intersected over the years? Absolutely. Life of opera in Iran was extremely short. It was um, only 11 years after the inception of the Opera Council of Tehran, which was founded by uh, amazing singers like Munir Vakili, like Fakhari Sabo. Um, it, it was dismantled because of the um, because of the revolution, and it never we because of the nature of opera, the music, the content. Um, it was it was banned completely and never came back. Western music, Western music. Damn those yeah. Western people! Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Western music wasn't even taught in universities like uh, in Iran. Uh, I'm not sure if there are any um, any if there's anywhere in Iran today that basically teaches harmony, Western Western mm. music, basically or not, but. It wasn't How for did a you very find long it? How time. Did you, I mean, was that when you came to Canada? How or? can somebody tell somebody that you cannot make a music? Isn't that crazy? Well, it's, it's <laughs> insane. The, I, I, I've say, I say this very much on this program, but so many of the things that the Iranians have kind of accepted, um, you know, begrudgingly over the years, but things that we know, you know, are if you were just to tell somebody, uh, you know, we're going to create a society where... <laughs> Certain types of music are not allowed to be played. I mean, it, it's it's madness. It's madness. Not to mention all the the weird rules that you know, as we alluded to earlier. Yeah, I uh, remember. It's a truly repressed, repressive oh, yeah. society. And yeah. and it's it's uh, it's ridiculous because as a nation, when we go back to before the revolution, music is a part. Of, it's not like music was exported somehow right. to Iran. Music right. is deeply, deeply rooted in our culture, right. and we have so many amazing singers and and women women who sing. And I remember this one uh, interview with. Um, uh, the great maestro Muhammad Azza Shajarian, and he is he is like, who are you to tell me what am I, what lyrics am I allowed to sing or yeah. what song? Who are you? Who dares to tell Muhammad Shajari, Muhammad Azza Shajarian that he's like to scrutinize his music? Mm. And that's what they do. So how does a you know twenty years ago 
there's little less internet access than there would be today. How does a girl growing up in Iran find a passion for opera singing? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question. I don't know the answer to that mm. question. I just what I what I remember is that when I was a little girl, there was a lot of classical um, uh, records in my house, along with uh, records from leftover you know, from before yes, the seventy nine. Yes, Revolution. yes. Yeah. I think I think some of them were brought by my parents from when they were in the U.S. and mm. studying, and they brought some back, and uh, they decided not to stay and come back and live in Iran a few years, like a few four three or four years before the revolution. So imagine their uh, their disappointment when right, the revolution right. happened. Um, anyhow, <laughs> uh, the records, I guess, uh, were something that were often played in my home along with Marzieh, Delkash, Shajarian, like all of these, like it was, a, it was an amazing mixture of music and I was exposed to it. But I remember for some odd reason, the moment I started singing, it was all, I was always in my head voice, which is that, which is the operatic voice. I, I was actually, I had to actually train myself to use my chest register and my lower register. So it was, it was opposite for me. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> I mean, you're pretty versatile. You're not, apparently you're not that doctrinaire as a, as an opera singer because you sing, I hear you singing in different ways. The, the earlier song that we played is, you've got kind of a pop vocal uh, happening there and, and yeah. you've performed with Shaheen Najafi. You recorded something with him in the last year. A couple of things you've recorded with him, I think, right? Or, a couple, or, yeah, yeah. yes. Um, so, uh, so you're not, it's not fortress opera, but it's interesting that you've found that, um, um, that passion, uh, in terms of what you are inspired to be doing right now, um, besides attending demonstrations and, uh, speaking out the way you have, um, musically you, you've told me, you were told, telling me that you, you're writing a piece about or for Mohammed Hosseini. Explain why he has captured your heart. Um, the late Mohammed Hosseini. Yeah. yeah, I have uh, the piece is really um, it. The lyrics is is dedicated. I'm going to dedicate the piece, the music, and the lyrics, everything uh, to Mohammed Hosseini because uh, he has no parents. He didn't have anybody to even receive his body. And he was that, one of the two guys yeah, executed, who was executed about three or four weeks ago. Yeah, correct. And that just like is even now that I'm saying there is an o there is a very overwhelming emotion that how how can you how can this how can this it it feels so surreal. Mm. It feels that we're it, this is not none of this is real. It's a very bad dream. Mm. Uh, it's very unfortunate and and terrible that it's 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 our reality today, um, and. And I wanted to. I, there are so many great artists. There are so many people who are who are pouring out these emotions through their songs, through their art. Um, I'll be another one. Um, and I, uh, these are just means of you know unloading that um, hatred mm. and that. Uh, the feeling that you you feel when you hear these kinds of things. I don't. I can't. I have a hard time really putting a word. Yeah. For that, for that feeling, but uh, I'm particularly outrage, dedicated. The out, yes. Heartbreak. But it's, whatever, a, it's yeah. even like outrage and frustration times a million. Yeah. Um, and it's I'm very difficult for me when somebody, sorry, when somebody says, uh, 
because you'll encounter this, especially with Middle Eastern people, Iranian people, who on occasion somebody will go, "Well, this is we knew we know this about this regime." They, you know, yeah. and you go, "Man, the day that this becomes so normalized that we all we go, oh well, you know, this is what we know. They're bad guys. They do this, you know. I mean, they killed a kid. They're killing, they killed this young guy, Mohammed Husseini, for who has no parent, you know, um, for." We don't even know what for 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 presumably for just being protesting present. for for being for disagreeing with the dictatorship. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was he was he was there at the um, the fortieth day of um, uh, hadith. 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 It was yeah, yeah. hadiths. Yes. So and that's that's and several times he said I was there because I go to my parents' uh, burial place every week. Um, but but how? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Has your um, before I let you go? I, I I was asking Bob Eck the same question a few moments ago when he was here. Um, how is your mood right now in terms of this moment? Somewhere a few months into this revolution, where we the roller coaster you described earlier of feeling excitement and elation at times and then just this depressed devastation at other times how 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 are you feeling about where we're at i'm upset i'm very upset um and i'm upset at our the uh, the at the leaders of the opposition i see um and i think that um i'm upset because we should know by now that Disunity and division are the things that the Islamic Republic want. Yep. They, they're they're banking on it, and we cannot bring ourselves to be unified. We cannot. We have we have a very. We are at our infancy when it comes to democracy. We don't have a history in democracy. This is the time to implement it. We're losing time, uh, and we're losing momentum, and they're diddle daddling, and they're. Who are we talking about, the leaders of the opposition? Who are they? Everybody who has an audience and who can bring the people together and they're at each other's throat, gnawing at each other's, you know, uh, throats. And uh, they're not, they they refuse to come together. They refuse to shake a hand. They refuse to... um, they refuse to be together to beat the common enemy to then come to a place where we can choose a democratic does seem uh, pretty weird doesn't it when you put it that way how hard is this you guys come on but but i guess to a certain extent they're responding to their own bases you know like uh um at least a couple of them i can think of who are kind of thinking well so a lot of my followers will be mad at me if I hook up with this guy or you know. and that's okay and that's okay we can we can have our allegiances I don't think that that's wrong we can definitely have our allegiances somebody may come and say I am I have my I have my um, the prince has my vote somebody else might say somebody else has my vote and that's okay we have to learn to come, you know, agree that we disagree, but we have a common enemy to wipe out today. While the common common enemy is killing our children, you can't be wasting time like that. So you would like to see a coalition or some some form of I would like to I would like to see even if they're if they're if they are not coming to each other, I would like to see them stop basically trying to 
um, weaken each other's strategies and and are they doing that? Yeah, hmm. yeah. I they're. Um, uh, the, I, mean, I know their supporters are attacking. Yeah, the supporters each other, are I, attacking each other. Uh-huh. Even the leaders are not being uh, receptive to one another, and that's that's frustrating. Why? Yeah, that's a. a it makes sense that that something needs to be figured out um, because everybody seems to agree that the Islamic Republic wins if when we're divided. So exactly, let's let's get it together. Um, Pleasure to have you here in the studio. Pleasure's all mine. I hope that um, you come back in more fortuitous, more more uh, excitable occasions as well, and that we can. Uh, I really thought your opera project was uh, a tremendous undertaking and um, such an impressive thing to do. And and I I really hope you do take that to the next level and uh, tour it and let people see it around the world. Thank you. I do hope so too. Thanks for being here. Amazing to be here, Jean. Have a good one. All right. Um, and uh, that is full time for Rook for today. Thank you to Goluch. Thanks to Babak. Thanks to Pega, Shaya, the whole team. Uh, let me do this properly. Thanks to the amazing team who put this show together. Savvy Rohan, Talented Anahita, Super Parisa, Smart Pega, Ahai Merhdad, and Ruby Shaya. Thank you to all of you out there for supporting us and sharing our content. Please subscribe if you have not done so already. You can find all of our content and any information that you want about us at uh, rookmedia.com. That is our website, the hub of all things Rook. Rookmedia.com, where you can also see the support us button, which is a way that you can support us by becoming a patron. We really appreciate it if you do so for a small amount each month to keep Rook alive. Thanks again for listening. See you Monday. Find me on Instagram at Gian Gomeshi. And as ever, Mizu Mashi.